Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. Hey, guys, it's Maria. Wanted to do a deep dive this week into our library and bring you an amazing conversation, an in-depth interview with my friend Zoe Saldana. She is, of course, an incredible actress and so much more than that, which you'll get to see and hear in this interview. It really covers all ground from, you know, growing up, struggles, adversities, um, and then, of course, blossoming into one of the biggest movie stars in the world and starring in so many hit franchises. So I hope you guys will enjoy this. If you haven't already hit subscribe on YouTube, please do, because we have so many incredible interviews in our library that you could enjoy and more to come. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Let me know in the comments what you think. Center stage would be the breakout role for one of today's biggest movie stars, Zoe Saldana. Zoe's become a leading figure in film, fashion, and culture. Incredibly, at a young age, she has starred in not one, not two, but three different blockbuster movie franchises, Pirates of the Caribbean, Avatar, and Star Trek. She may even have a fourth on the way in Marvel Comics' highly anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy. Arguably, there is no other female movie star in the entire history of film who's achieved this distinction. I'm Maria Menunos, and this is my conversation with Zoe Saldana. Hi, Zoe. 
That was so awesome. <laughs> Did you like it? Yes, I'm sitting back going, who are they talking about? This sounds like really amazing. <laughs> kind of surreal, right? <laughs> yes. Well, yes well, like very I said, surreal. when I was doing my research on you, you've had such an incredible career and you've worked so hard with Thank outbreaks you. and you've worked with the biggest directors and the biggest stars and so you deserve that intro. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Let's start. I want to kind of take this chronologically. I want to talk about your childhood and I know that um, you guys obviously experienced a tragic loss with your dad at a young age. You were nine years old when your dad mm-hmm. passed away in that car accident and your mom moved you and your family to the Dominican Republic. Tell me a little bit about that transition and how you coped with that loss at such a young age. It was hard because it's um, the culture was very different. You're growing up in a city that is such a melting pot of cultures. And I remember, you know, growing up in New York, the first 10 years of a child's life really defines a lot of things that you like, from, like, climate to language to smells, you know, to... It's it's so many things that are so important that you take for granted every day. Like, coming home uh, from school, we lived in a building in Queens where every door would would release a different smell because you had Indian neighbors, you know, you, you had Italian neighbors, you were Latina, and, you know, so you, you, you smell everything that everybody's cooking, and that was what reminded me the most of New York, besides the snow and Santa Claus and McDonald's. <laughs> the freezing cold. Yes, and, and, um, and people that spoke English with different languages, names of your friends that you couldn't pronounce, you know, uh, holidays that friends celebrated that were very, very different. So from that, to move to like a small island where you know it belongs to your family, like that's kind of like how you feel because that's where you used to visit on, on in the summers. But now you're going to stay there indefinitely, and and the climate is very humid and hot. Uh, there are no pine trees, therefore there's there are no Christmas trees, and um, there's no Santa Claus. It's three magicians. Uh, everybody speaks just one language. It's one religion. Um, uh, the society was very different because it's a different environment and it's a bit more harsh, uh, especially for women. So it was it was a very big culture shock for us, and um, and at many times we were a little misunderstood and picked on by kids because kids can be really mean mm. uh, when they don't understand somebody or somebody feels different from them. They pick on on them, and and I know it's a defense mechanism now that I'm an adult. I I see it as that. But it, it was it was very hard for all three of us. But the good thing that came out of it was primarily we learned to stick together, my sisters and I, and we became this force to be reckoned with that is still the everlasting, you know, up until this day. And um, and also I was we were able to learn about our culture, you know, the culture that that we that that runs through our DNA, you know which is uh, very beautiful and something that we take a lot of pride in. And, um, and it's something, it's a culture that we recognize on, on how we would want to make it better, uh, not just for Latinos, but also for women. Um, and, and we were able to sympathize with, with how my mom grew up you know, which is very important. There's a disconnection sometimes uh, when you're a first generation uh, with your family at some point because you don't see this consciously, but you make a decision uh, uh, yeah, uh, to either follow, become one culture, or become the other. And that didn't happen for us, fortunately, because we lived in Dominican Republic and then we came back to New York where we felt that we didn't have to be one thing and neglect another. We can just be both and, and be very prideful of both, of both cultures that we come from. I wonder, you know, with that, I have had similar kind of feelings. My parents are immigrants from Greece, so I didn't have two different parents, you know, two different cultures to deal with. But coming, uh, being here in America, and when I go to Greece, people always say, are you Greek or are you American? Yeah. And then the Americans are mad if you say you're Greek-American. Yeah. If you're Greek, they want you to say you're Greek-American. Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm Greek! Because you want to be so, you're so proud of where you're from, and you want to be so, you know, um, respectful of where you come from. Yeah. And I know that you've always said, you know, people ask you in the Dominican, are you Dominican or, you know, how do you describe yourself? And what do you say to them? I mean, I used to say 
so many it's so many things because I'm such a masala of so many cultures you know the American uh, culture including you know, North America and Latin America we're the youngest race on this earth so th there's we're only 500 years old um, so there's a lot that we have to learn but also there's a lot that we have to teach by being the young the young ones there's a fierceness into in our in our in our attitudes that we just go boldly somewhere and we don't you know it's not even about being respectful it's about pleasing yourself so I did go through a phase where you know you would say whatever would please you know whatever community you were in but at the end of the day I, I I don't want to please anybody else before I can please myself. I don't feel like this more. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. And this, I'm Zoe, you know, and I grew up in Queens, New York, and I speak Spanish and English because I am of Spanish heritage, and I'm very, very proud of it but I'm an American and I don't want another community to come and take that away from me just because it runs in my blood. So I just want to be able to be and be respected because it's sort of the older I get, the more I understand that that is not going to be what's going to define me. What's going to define me is the fact that I'm a woman in a man's world. And that I don't, I don't say in a very, in a negative connotation whatsoever. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm realizing that the more and more I go out there, and I'm on my own, and I'm, I become more and more independent. Um, I'm realizing that it is a bit challenging for women to be their own bosses, mm -hmm. to be full-time moms and impresarios, um, to be religious figures of of uh, of, uh, of leadership and, and be respected and honored, and um, and also to be a part of of your government and also and have sort of like a feminine presence there. It's very difficult and it's going to be harder. It is not impossible. So that said, I don't want to spend more of my time explaining to people what I am for their sake. Mm -hmm. I'm done pleasing others. I know who I am. You can see who I am. Let's move on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. You're Zoe. That's yeah, it. That's it. You know, I have people who are, who will always ask me like, what kind of different friends do you have? I'm like, I don't look at my friends in that way. They're just my friends. Yes. It doesn't yes. matter what color they are, what ethnicity they are. What sexual preference they yeah. have. It's just, that's Joe, that's John, that's Peter, yeah. and that's it, you know? And, and, um, and I'm very happy that I'm, I'm learning that I'm <clears> discovering <throat> that and I am protecting it with a fear, with a you know, fearlessly. Like I, I'm just, I'm really happy to be making sort of like these ground discoveries about what is the true meaning about of being a human being on this earth and being American versus European or African or Indian. It's just we're people, and whether or not we're migrating for our own purposes. We're still people that need to be treated with respect and absolute equality. And that can never deter us uh, uh, from trying to always be righteous in that fashion. Very well put. When you look back at your time in the DR and your mom is now having to raise you guys alone, I know you said that you had to kind of help her sometimes too. Tell me a little bit about that and 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 what that time was like what did she instill in you um i think my mom broke in a way that she became a very fragile flower and you're at we were at an age where 
your parents are superhuman. They're supposed to be superhuman. Whatever you need or you want, they're supposed to deliver it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is causing <clears throat> you pain, <clears throat> they're supposed to heal it. And you know, or fear, they're, they're supposed to make all the all the monsters go away. So all of a sudden, we're in this dire need of my mom to provide shelter for us. And my mom, there were days where she couldn't get out of bed, mm. so because she had lost love of her life, and that was very hard for her. And she tried the best she could to be there for us, but but sometimes we understood that we just had to be there for her. And you know, there there was a little bit of resentment, you know, when you grow up to be a teenager, and you kind of go, God, you know, my friends just had to worry about doing their homework and getting good grades, and then they would go to Cancun for spring break, mm. and we. We would have to stay home and sort of do chores and things like that and and look after, you know, our elders and stuff like that because that's very common in our culture, in Latino culture. You take care of your own, which is something that I take great pride in, but it's also excruciatingly stressful for a young person to have to take on all these responsibilities when y- y- your job is not to inherit the trials and tribulations of the adults that are raising you. It is not your fault and it is not your problem. Yeah. So, you know, I, it was it was hard at times, but I'm very happy that my mom never tried to conceal anything from us. When she was having a bad day, she was having a bad day, and she would just tell us, Mommy's not doing so good. And, I mean, it breaks my heart now because I didn't understand it as much as I understand it now, but we were also patient with her. And 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 she was patient with us. So there were there were moments of, of a lot of sadness. But then there were moments in when she would wake us up and we would go to like an empty parking lot and do donuts for three hours you know, <laughs> in the car. And we didn't know why mommy was doing that, but but she needed to do that. And she brought us along, and it was awesome. And then you would you would hear kids tell you, oh yeah, I went I went to this resort with my parents. You know, for the weekend, what did you do? It's like, oh, I did, I did donuts <laughs> in the parking lot of the Home Depot with my mom, and it was just as awesome. So I'm happy you had a great That's time so at your resort. Funny. Oh my God, yeah. how did you guys keep your dad's memory alive in your house? By always talking about him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just if if it made us, whenever we wanted to remember him, my mom always said, you can write to him, you can talk to him, you can wear his clothes because we kept his clothes. And you can see all the pictures and any questions you may have, you can always tell me. And my mom never concealed her sadness. So whenever she would hear a song that would remind her of my dad, sorry, she would just start crying. And it was very beautiful. So I just remembered him that way. Sorry. No, please. It's like, it's, 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 you know, it's obviously a really important thing to look back on you're making me cry now (laughs) so no it's okay but there was there were we live with so many happy memories because he was he was a really funny person and I still to this day I can just close my eyes and remember the way he laughed and then I can I can hear myself laugh and to certain people like my grandma goes oh my god you 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 laugh like a man like a big <laughs> driver about you right yeah is that then, how your dad laughed yeah my dad <laughs> laughed like a truck driver like from like the gut and so you know whenever i laugh it makes me think of him and i've you know and i and i'm very happy that i still am able to dream with him you know and and he's um, in your dreams still? yes and he talks to all of us and That's it's beautiful special. so whatever you whatever people want to believe in if it's if it's um do do through spirituality or energy or just your sense, memory taking you back and reliving these beautiful moments, it doesn't matter what it is, he still stays alive in us. And it's been maybe, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 35 in a month, and it's been, um, I don't know, I was 10, so it's been, what, 25, 25 years yeah. since I've said the word dad, but but I still remember him in so, so many ways. And I remember the last time I had a dream about him, I was I was in my 10-year-old form, but my niece was there. So I don't know if I was there with her or I was her, you know, but I felt her presence there. Mm. And um, and he was taking us to the circus. And, and Did you it, ever go with him to the circus? 
No, my mom loves the circus. Oh, yeah. So you must <laughs> but have we were there. All of but that. I love I love carnivals and I love the circus. And to me, life is a circus. And um and and he and he was there with me and and we were just having the bestest time ever. And I remember waking up and just being so grateful that he had visited, you know. Mm. So he will live forever. And yes, it's unfortunate, you know, when you have to go through such a traumatic tragedy. But it doesn't mean that you have to forget that loved one, you know, mm. he, he, that loved one. He will always live forever in our memories. And your laugh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's your, see, and I heard your little gaggle. Oh, my God. Oh my it's God. such a peculiar laugh, just like oh mine. I know, I know. I've been in <laughs> Paris where I laugh, and women have looked at me going, oh, my God. <laughs> What was that? Yeah, they're like, it is loud. <laughs> it's really loud. I love it. Um, you know, I I want to talk about center stage a little bit because I, I went back and I was watching it, and I know that you were a dancer in the DR, and that's where you discovered it. And I just have to say, I loved. First of all, you were so good in it, and Thank you. I loved your toughness and that whole. It was just so cool. Um, but I also loved the scene where they shot. Uh, the ballerinas prepping their oh, ballet shoes. Yes, because I would never, I would never think or would never know that that's what goes into it. Did you have to do all of that all the time? Burn I your shoes and put them in the shower. And no, all there that? are things that you do to protect yourself and obviously be comfortable. It's almost like putting on a pair of jeans, and you know how you want to put on your jeans, mm-hmm. or or how you want to wear a shirt or wear your shoes. You you'll put some extra little soles or cushion, or you'll put alcohol on the leather just to loosen it up. You know, point shoes are very are very tight on your feet and it becomes a very it's a very uncomfortable thing to have so you have you want to start conditioning your body to get used to that kind of pain so that one day you won't feel it you'll feel the pleasure more than the pain the pain will always be there so that's one thing that your teachers kind of tell you I didn't do that much work on point but when I was doing it you do have to find a way to be comfortable because everybody's feet is very different. Some people have longer toes than others. Therefore, so you can't really roll, you know, you can't really cover them. You, and, and some people, their toes kind of mesh up together. So you have to put things in between them. That way they won't blister up. And, and oh, yeah. you know, you have, to cut, you have to cut your toenails in a certain way because when you cut them too round, you'll get, you'll get ingrown nails. It's mm. just all these little things. And you'll burn your ribbons. If you don't know how to tie them correctly, you'll burn your ribbons. Sometimes you want to sew extra elastic because you want more support on your arch and and there's so many little things and it's also a court, uh, the way that you wear your your leotard and your tights you know unless you're in a class where you have to there's there's um there's a uniform and it's a requirement which is like a black leotard and pink tights and this and that and a bun but if it's a free for all thing you 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 want to cover your hips if if they take longer to warm up or if you have a, a knee that's more delicate uh, than the other you sort of you know you wrap it or leg it's, warmers yes yes that's what that's all for yes so now do you have lingering injuries from that I do I do I, I guess throughout the years in my twenties it wasn't I wouldn't I wouldn't feel them as much but now that I'm getting older mortality is a bitch. <laughs> What the F? <laughs> I would hear this and people, and I, I, I honestly, I'm telling you the honest truth. People would tell me, and it's like, what are you talking about? I'm going mm-hmm. to live forever. You know, and then all of a sudden you're going down some stairs and you hear a crack in your knee and you just go, what was that? Uh-huh. And then it's just, it's throbbing. So I do have injuries and I was told that, that not in my 20s because you're still, you're still so healthy and your cells regenerate so much quicker. But as you grow older, it takes, it takes your body longer to recuperate. So if you slept wrong, it will bring up, uh, uh, not an injury, but just like, um, all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Uh, a swellingness because that that joint you you used it a little mm-hmm. too much or you misused it so it tends to get sore every now and then so my hips and my right knee are are uh, definitely areas that I have to protect especially when it's humid out. I'm gonna take you to cryotherapy and I'm gonna heal you up. No, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Um, you know, two years after center stage. Um, where you start as that sassy ballet dancer, you were there for someone else's film debut, Britney Spears in yes. Crossroads. What was it like working with her at the height of her career? It was big, you know, she was sort of like the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, um, artist that I had that I had met where, where it was just such a big commotion, like all these security people, so many people around her. But when you really got to meet her and talk to her, which was, you know, uh, and didn't happen as much as you would think, even though we were doing a film together. She was such a sweet person. And I remember around that time, there were so many artists that were rising, uh, pop artists, especially female uh, uh, singers mm-hmm. that, that were just as talented or even, you know, could hold a note more than Britney would. And, but they weren't as famous as she was. And um, and then I realized after meeting her that she had something that they didn't, and it's, she had she has a good heart. She doesn't talk bad about people. You can look back in any interview that she's done, and she never spent one second talking someone down to make herself look better. And at that time, there were a lot of pop princesses that were coming up that were trying to make a name for themselves by putting Britney Spears down, and that I just felt that that was done in such poor taste and it was mm-hmm. such poor characters of them to be doing that um, when in reality you should just be focused on yourself and I, and I really am a true believer that children gravitate towards innocence mm. you know uh, so it wasn't a coincidence that, that they, they could listen to another artist that had, could carry a note more than Britney but they chose her because she was nicer. Yeah. So I, I, that's the one thing that I do have to say about her that I got to see up close and personal. And I, I felt very proud for her to be that way. She was just a little girl from like a small town living her dream and surrounded by a lot of people that at that time didn't have the best of intentions for her because they were benefiting a lot from her. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that that had a huge influence in her kind of maybe, you know, um, losing her yeah. way. But I'm really happy that she's trying, she's she's now in a safe place and that she's, you know, looking after her children, which is so important. Absolutely. So I just wish her the best, always. Have you bumped into her since your rise in your career at all, anywhere? Not really, <laughs> but I would love to have that opportunity to see her and just give her like a big hug, you know? She's, we're both women now. We yeah. were kind of, you know, young young adults when we met. And and, uh, and now look at us, she has kids and <clears throat> and I'm, I'm older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to see her. Are we gonna have kids someday? Yes. I'm trying to figure this whole scam out myself right now. I'm like, I'm turning 35 like you yeah. in June. Mm-hmm. I'm like, clock's ticking. What are we going to no, do? your clock ain't ticking, honey. Okay? <laughs> Please. Do I have time? People scare us. Everyone's uh, like, 35, your eggs deplete. I'm like, what am well, I going to do? freeze them. With technology right I now, know. with how we are, with medicine being so advanced, you can literally freeze your eggs. I know. I started it. And, and it's, <laughs> it's amazing. That's beautiful. And I, I am also going to do that because I am not going to let anybody dictate how, what, what is considered a fruitful time for me to be a mother. And, and I don't want to have anybody, certainly not a man, tell me when my expiration date is coming. I love that. It's not going to happen. I'm, I don't, men at 50, they're fabulous. And at 50, we're so not sexy. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry, <laughs> please. I don't, I, I just don't agree with that at all. So, you know, and you, you do, you run into people in this business, men, obviously, mm -hmm. more than women that are in positions of power that remind you that you can't do a certain role because you're too old and you go, are you kidding me? The star of the movie's 49. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be his love interest. First of all, in real life, I would never date him. Never, ever date him. Is that too old for you? Is that why? I just, you know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I, and maybe, you know, maybe it isn't. But the, the thing is, is the fact that at 35, I'm too old. They want a 26-year-old. To you know, mm -hmm. it's 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 sort of like come on, people. Like there's something wrong with the way we're turning here, and we need to kind of take a break and assess ourselves and kind of be a little more equal. And if that is not something that's going to happen, then I feel that women, we do need to come together and become more unified, as opposed to allow allow other entities to come and rip us apart and compel us to compete against each other. Mm -hmm. When we're absolute gifts and we can be such strong assets together, you know, and, and, and kind of change a lot of things so that we can best accommodate our environment uh, so that when we get pregnant, we can, we can work in, in companies that will pay for our maternity leave. We can also work in companies that will give us parking spaces closer to the building so that we won't have to wobble our way for three blocks to come into, into our offices. Mm -hmm. and, and we shouldn't be afraid to ask for this because we're not asking for special treatments. We're having your babies. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So this best suits Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm, I don't... How do you deal with, you know, when I look at your career, you, like I said, you haven't stopped. You have movie mm -hmm. after movie after movie each year. I don't think you ever take breaks. Maybe you do. It didn't look like it. Is that, is that fear-based in any way because of the ageism we have to face? Because I know mm -hmm. sometimes I, I think about it like that. I'm like, God, I better do it now while yeah. I can because... Who knows what's around the corner, you know, and the competition is really big and there is so many, you know, 20 something year olds that want to do what you do and then that want to do what I do. Yeah. So do you think about it at all? And do you start I could, a plan? I, I could, I could entertain it and that will just take a lot of peace of my mind and I don't want that. Everybody's journey is everybody's journey. So you're, you're having a younger generation and you're in between an older generation, so you're going through your time and whatever's meant to be for you will be, will be meant to be for you. Your job is to wake up every morning trying to be a better person. I'm tapping into this right now. I'm not saying I achieve it every day. Sometimes it is a battle. I will be affected. I'm not made of steel. But the one thing I don't want anymore is to live with that anxiety that my time is coming up. Mm. When in reality, I've only been on this earth for 35 years. And if I'm blessed with 35 more, possibly 50 more, that means that I don't have to have it all figured out right now. You know, and, and, um, and, and so I won't, I just won't allow it in my life. So, and the way, and also it's, it's making that decision for yourself that I don't want to be in an environment that doesn't accept me and respect me for me. So I won't do it, and I'm pretty sure that I will find things to do in the in the in the profession that I like, mm. and I will find happiness. Uh, you know, to me, my time is worth everything. So I I want to spend it well, and with great people that are deserving of my time, as I am deserving of theirs. Mm -hmm. So that said, when you walk into a room, having that kind of truth in your soul it just you feel happier so whether or not somebody says something that wasn't cute you just go all right they're having a bad day obviously what they said even though it's targeted towards me has nothing to do with me and and you just you kind of move on but if it's that role that you really want and you have a producer saying you're too old for it what do you do 
You're bummed because you really, I really wanted to play that role, and um, and there there is not an abundance of great female roles out there because yeah. uh, there aren't that mu that created, you know, that much. But, We're not but there it yet. is. Yeah. But we are, you know, and just not at the pace that I would like it to be. Uh, uh, but we are making a change. We have to be half full because if I was half empty, I would be a very bitter person, yeah. and I, I don't want to do that. So. Um, when when I'm when I'm told by somebody that the reason why they're not going to give me a role is because they consider me too old for the part, and I know that this role is not of a college student, you know, then it's I feel very disappointed in that person and sad, but also relieved that they're much older than me. <laughs> so therefore, he, that person and that person's ways will cease to exist. I will quit. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Than mine. So I, it's, it's almost that it's move on. Mm -hmm. Just move on because that means that you were also spared of working with somebody that is very limited. So I, I don't, I, I can't allow that to consume me mm -hmm. much more than it can. I'm bummed over a part that I didn't get and I can only wish that whoever got it does amazing with it. And, and then I know that whatever is out there that is meant for me, I'm going to always give 150% of myself. And when I get it, I'm going to be really happy. And when I don't, I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm going to take those pieces of <laughs> advice and I'm going to apply them to my life. It doesn't, it isn't <laughs> like that every day. And whenever I'm not like that every day, my mom reminds me, my sisters remind me, my friends remind me. And when they're the ones that are not like that every day, I'm there to remind them. So it's almost yeah. like you have to create a community that supports you and reminds you of who you truly are and who you want to be. So that's very important. Therefore, you, you, you have to be very selective with the people that you surround yourself with. And that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And then you got to shake the tree sometimes with the bad apples. Oh, my God. It's always good. The same way you yeah. clean your house and you remodel. Uh -huh. Every now and then, you got to clean your friends list and remodel. Yeah. You oh, know? All the time. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's spring cleaning and it's like, you know what? You got to go, anymore. you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> well, because it's funny, like as you hit different points in your career, I'm sure you've seen there are the people that have come along for the ride with you and are so happy for your success. And then there are the people that splinter and now start to resent your success or get jealous of your success. And those are the people that you don't want around. No, and you don't. You can't have them around you because... Energy is very strong mm -hmm. and it can affect you a great deal. And I am a very... Um, what's the word? Um... I'm, I'm I gut instinct. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be around people that are too, too bitter. You know, you can only try so much to lift up a friend who's having a bad day, but when they're having a bad month and then it turns into a year, mm -hmm. and it turns into two years, you kind of have to, you know, set your boundaries, especially when it's starting to take away from you. Yeah. It's very important to, to kind of have that, that discipline, that type of discipline. And because envy and jealousy and bitterness are emotions that anybody's prone to have, which is why you have to understand that and fight against it. It's, it's, it's a battle. Mm -hmm. and, but I, I, I refuse to surrender to it because I cannot be miserable for someone else's success when I don't know their journey. Yeah. It is highly inconsiderate and very ill-hearted to, to want to wish someone bad. 
you know, and it consumes you. Oh, yeah. And I don't like it. It brings you just as much bad as you're probably wishing on everybody else. Yes, I don't compete with anybody. I compete with myself. I don't compare myself to anybody. How do you keep your edge, though, if you're not competing with anybody? I compete with myself. I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge perfectionist. I guess that's what keeps me always going. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very <laughs> hyperactive person. I need to be learning something always and Gemini. teaching something. Yes, absolute <laughs> Gemini. And, and um, so, I, you know, I, I'm easily disappointed in myself when I'm not giving the best. And when I, when, and I know nobody needs to tell me when something goes wrong and I know it's my responsibility that I could have been doing better. I know it first, you mm-hmm. know, and, and also when I don't, thank God I have somebody around me that's willing to remind me. And, and um, uh, so I can't. If I, if I start looking to my right and to my left, there's always going to be someone better than me. There's always going to be someone that's going through a much difficult time than me. There's always going to be someone, someone thinner or thicker than me, lighter, taller, you know. And I, that's who they are. Yeah. The same way that this is who I am. I like who I am. I like working with what I got. And, and, I, and I, I, I've never wanted to be anybody else. I just didn't understand when I was bullied, you know, because I would look in the mirror going, what are they talking about? Like, I, I'm okay, you know, when I can work with this. Um, when we were in Dominican Republic, it's just, we got picked on a lot. Uh, because we were sort of like you know the the New Yorkers and and um, and we weren't as well off. We were we were going to a very prestigious school because my mom wanted us to always have a very good education, and um, and I some people sometimes aren't getting the best upbringing in their homes, and um, and they come to school and they ref- you know they're projecting that onto you, and it's very mean. Children can be very very mm-hmm. cruel in a very innocent way, but they can be really mean and they can bully you a lot. And sometimes it can drive a child to go to extremes as trying to end their pain by hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thank God that I had my sisters and we kind of stuck it out. And then we learned to fight back. You know, um, I will never allow anybody to tell me what I am before I know who I am. It's yeah. impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so it I, doesn't I, make it any easier at the time. I used to have to hide you it, did? during school lunch. Why? I used to have to hide because everybody was nasty and mean and they were Ugh. bullies and it was so, so hard. But I had a best friend who's still my best friend to this day since the seventh grade. Wow. And she would hide with me during lunch <laughs> by the lockers. And you so, just, you stick it out. You and just then, ride it out and then, And then know, one day you just fight back. Yeah. And then that person goes away, or you end up being really good friends with that person, and then you learn that that person's in a really difficult spot in their lives, mm. and then you have so much compassion for that person, and sometimes that person doesn't learn, but at least they're not picking on you. Yeah. And I feel like it's very important to teach your children to, to teach your children to stand up for yourself. My mother, my my sister, has told my niece the same thing that my mother told us. It's like, you don't hit first, but if somebody's hurting you, you defend yourself. Yeah. And, and don't worry, you know, when, if I'm ever called to come to school, mommy will always have your back first until I hear everything. So we tell our niece that at all times because I don't want my niece as a woman, uh, you know, that one day will grow up. I don't want her to be a people pleaser. I yeah. want her to please herself first in every means of the word. Yeah. In every means of the word. And when I say that, I'm talking about everything. <laughs> First. <laughs> I got it loud and clear. Thank you. <laughs> um, there's so much I want to get to, but I know, you know, I'm not going to be able to get to everything. But, you know, one of the questions uh, a Twitter follower of mine came to the table with was, you know, obviously, you know. Wait, was, let me, do I have a mirror? Yeah, you look beautiful. Go for no, it. No, I just, for some reason, you know, you know what it's like to be in the heat and come into like the cold yeah, environment? A Your little, nose gets a little like either it's too dry. Thank you so much. Mine's all wet because it was, gets like, wet. Yeah. yeah. Like, so we're both doing that. Oh God! Can I get a napkin? This is what happens naturally <laughs> in the middle of interviews. Pretty much, so you guys. We've got. A I'm so sorry. Coming. Um, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll keep talking throughout. This but, isn't live, right? Yeah, I know it's like all it it's live going. right now. Say hello to everybody. <laughs> you guys, I'm gonna clean my nose like on <laughs> I'll do mine at the same time. Yeah, oh, perfect, Here, perfect. Give me a little bit, yeah. I- Thank you. <laughs> 
Here oh, we go. Jesus. Do you need <gasps> a mirror? I'm going right up Sat in there because mine is like dripping. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look it at me. was. And you had me like crying, so I was like, my nose got all wet. I know, wet. that's why. All right. um, so one of my Twitter followers was asking, you know, obviously with Pirates of the Caribbean, you joined the cast and it was well documented that you didn't have a good experience. Do you look back and do you think it was your age at the time that couldn't handle like the, the big, you know, Hollywood movie? Because obviously you've done so many big franchise films since. You know, do you look back and think maybe you were just, you know, not ready for it yet? I think it's everything. I think I I was definitely, it was my first time really being on a film of that magnitude. Um, But I also, I learned so much of what not to be. You know, not to be arrogant, to keep your humility, um, to treat everybody with respect, whether they're the extras you know, mm-hmm. or they're the lead characters, whether it's the producer or it's the gaffer. You treat everybody with respect and you don't, you don't become an opportunist and a person that only speaks to people, only treats people nice that are best suiting their benefits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, th- so I learned that a lot and, which, and I'm very open about it because I really feel that it's important to get that out there because there is a lot of misuse of power in the business that we're in and it's so not nice. Yeah. Um, but I've also, uh, uh, you know, I, the cast, they were all wonderful. From Johnny Depp to, to Pirate Number 35. And it was such a beautiful community of artists. And there's something beautiful that happens when artists stick together. You learn to create a very harmonious environment when the cameras are on. And, um, and that's what happened when we were on set. And I do believe that the leaders, if you are a director or a producer, you are the captain of your ship. Therefore, everybody's going to establish. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. The energy that you establish on the set. So choose wisely Mm. and be better. You know, mm-hmm. that's all. And then, you know, and then the great thing was, uh, you know, that same year, I ended up working on the terminal with Steven Spielberg, and this is one of the most <laughs> um, respected, uh, amazing directors that we have, you know, in film business. And he was the most humble, mm-hmm. uh, most amazing, a father, a husband, a friend first, over anything. And I remember feeling, wow, in one year I learned what not to be and what to be more of mm-hmm. and what to aspire to be when I grow up. And I was very, very grateful that I was able to work with him because he, the working with these kinds of directors, gave me the confidence that what I'm doing um, is, is uh, I'm moving in the right direction and I'm also being seen by the right people, yeah. the people that I want to be seen uh, uh, by. And um, so that makes you feel like you are here and that, um, you know, you matter. And life's all about lessons, right? Absolutely. You know, um, I want to talk about who inspires you when you look back at past stars is there anyone that you look to that inspires you the most or inspired your path the most or even anyone current um Meryl Streep mm-hmm. you know and what I admire the most of her is, is that she's a private woman it's 
you don't know that much about her life because that's not what's important it's her artistry and she has been able to be so multifaceted that way uh, well primarily because she's super I mean exuberantly talented mm -hmm. um, but she's also a person and she was and she likes her life and she respects her life and she keeps it separate and that's something that I, I admire very much in her and people like that um, I would say Will Smith as well mm. because he's able to be a very a very um, hard-working uh, like Will Smith and Tom Cruise in that respect where they're very hard-working they're extremely professional and very talented but they're nice people mm -hmm. and they make time for their fans and that's very important um, let me see Nina Simone uh, who I want to talk a lot about. Oh Jesus! Um, because <laughs> for good reasons, I'm actually going to because move over she to her. was she was an artist that wasn't um, allowed to be who she really wanted to be because of because of like I guess things that she couldn't control, and um, and she was very outspoken, completely outspoken and very androgynous in the way she handled herself and that's something that I admire a lot um, yeah and Jodie Foster I think she's a woman she's she's a creature to to really observe and respect uh, you know she grew up in this business and she's a very talented uh, an artist mm -hmm. but also very very private I tend to like people that are very private that I know very little about in their personal lives because then when I sit down with my popcorn I watch them I'm looking at you know Clarice yeah. you know <laughs> I know and and it's and it's beautiful is that why you think you were so um, conscious about keeping your personal life private yes yeah uh, yeah you've done a great job at that uh, yes yes uh, I know so it's um it's unnatural for me to talk too much about private matters yeah you know I was raised by ladies and you don't talk about your business to the world so much less to worlds with cameras mm -hmm. you know so you you have to conduct yourself with a certain poise and that's how I was raised and and the reality is is that it's nobody's business yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my own so it's like Billie Holiday sings <laughs> <laughs> um, so th that's that's something that I, I I can't I can't be anything else but that I mean I start sweating profusely yeah. when I have to talk about my personal life and it's also because I, I it's the animal in me that I, I want to protect mm -hmm. uh, what is the most the, the most dearest in my life you know I want to go to Nina Simone right now because you're starring in the biopic. It's an unauthorized biopic, um, and there has been a lot of controversy around it. Tell me what you think about the controversy because, you know, acting is supposed it's acting, and you know I don't know if you were approached for the role or if you went out for the role. I don't know what the situation was, I was with approached, that. Yes, but. You know, there's obviously so much being said about it. How does that make you feel? And do you think that anybody has a valid argument? You know, it's such a it's such a delicate conversation, and um, it's almost like when it comes to race, it's delicate because I don't know how to go into it mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't raised in an environment where I labeled things and I labeled people and I labeled genders, you know. Um, so to have to be in the epicenter of, of a race conversation is, is very difficult for me. Um, because it's kind of unnatural. Yeah. That's one. I, I wasn't expecting it. So when it happened, I was very surprised. It was also by a community that, that I, I physically represent yeah. as well. But I am a very respectful person. In the same way I want my opinions and my decisions to be respected, I respect everybody else's. And, um, and it is a delicate matter when it comes to African-American ra you know, race in America because of all the issues that have happened throughout our history um, but I will not I cannot allow anybody to discriminate me I, I, I matter I make decisions 
and I know why I'm making them. I'm pretty sure that if everybody knew the whole story, they would have a little more compassion. What do you mean by for, that? For Nina, because I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I didn't go after the role. Mm. I was approached, and her story at the end of the day needs to be told. I don't want to go to the movies and sit down and watch another story of a male iconic figure. Yeah. And I don't want to cry for it and, and honor it when there were so many women throughout our history, throughout the world, whose stories need to be told so that we can feel present and very, very, very relevant, whether we're black or we're Asian or, you know, or Indian. It, that, that's arbitrary you know, when it comes to the fact that her story needed to be told, period. You know, so I united with Cynthia Morant, and I'm very, very proud of the work that we did because at the end of the day, we weren't coming from any other place but love. And it's my love for Nina Simone and what she means to me that made me jump wholeheartedly and give the best of myself to tell her story. And I hope that people give themselves the opportunity to see it and then they can make their own decisions but it will not deter the pride that I feel being a part of this project and being who I am so I I I understand it I respect it but I won't accept it in my life yeah what did she mean to you um as an artist everything she was a woman that had she, she was a classical pianist. She was an absolute gifted artist that was born this way. Did you have you to know, learn piano for this? A little bit, okay. yes. And, and, um, and for her, her whole life, her whole life was to just be who she wanted to be and then to be told that she can't be it. Her heart was broken at a very early age. And she was also living at a time where she couldn't walk through a front door. You know, but she had to play and, and entertain people. So she was very bitter and she spoke the truth as much as she could. She was very misunderstood. So these are things that I, that I see and, I, and I, my heart breaks. And, but at the same time, I'm so proud of the person that she was. And then mm -hmm. she left us her music that will continue to live forever. And I look at her and she, to me, was, is one of the most beautifulest creatures I've ever seen in my life. Her confidence and her beauty was really, really, it's like awestrucking for me. Mm -hmm. So, so, and, and so growing up loving her music and then all of a sudden crossing paths with this story and sort of feeling like, okay, I, I, I'm going to be a part of this because it needs to be told, um, was nothing but a blessing for me. It was very intense. And, um, <clears throat> But Cynthia Moore did an amazing job writing a script that brought so many beautiful people together. And every day on set was a spiritual journey for all of us. And it was a bigger understanding into Nina. And you would listen to songs that you grow up listening to that you're probably hearing it for the 4,000th time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you understand that line even more or you understand that note that she takes with the piano and you fall in love with her all over again. And it's... it's um. It was amazing, and, and Cynthia Mord is a phenomenal woman, and I'm very happy that she was a female <laughs> wanting to tell the story of a remarkable woman, and it brought a village of people together. So I'm looking forward to the film coming out and for us to share it with the world. You know, <clears throat> I saw the pictures of you transformed into her, and when I saw them next to each other, you did. You looked so much like her like the the eyes and stuff and so um you know I'm sure you did an incredible job just like I hope so <laughs> just like you've done in every other film and Thank I you. think it's I think it's kind of unfortunate that um you know the the things I was reading online I was just like she's an actress she's playing a role but there is that greater debate are where it's you know are lighter skinned women taking those roles from the darker skinned women mm. and you know I don't know how you feel about that but I mean it does we can't deny that there is an uneven 
there is an imbalance yeah. in our society, and it reflects through our art and our politics and our religion and our societal structure. That is something that is undeniable. You can't say that there's not an elephant in the room when you know it's right there mm -hmm. and it's been there since its conception of America. So that said, I, I, I'm not going to argue that, but I'm saying that the bigger battle that we will have is trying to be equal as women. So I, I much rather want to win that battle and then focus on all the other details that we have to take care of. Mm -hmm. You know, at one the end of the day, time. one thing at a time. I don't, I can only be myself. I don't, I don't stand next to a, a, a woman that's darker and a woman that's blonde and go, okay, she's darker than me and she's light. I see, I see her, I'm like, oh my God, check out her shoes, they're <laughs> beautiful. Oh Jesus, look at her skin, it's gorgeous. Wow, she did something really nice with her hair. That's what I'm looking at. So when mm -hmm. I choose a role, when I go after something, when I give all of myself, I that's how I'm that's how I am. And I can't I can't be anything else but who I am. So I can only speak my truth. Mm -hmm. And and that's how I go about my life. You're Zoe. I'm Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going back to Zoe. Yes. Um you know, did you have to sing in this biopic? Huh? Did you have to sing in this at all? I did. I'm sure you did, right? Yes. Are yes. you a singer? Yes. Oh, well then, Yes. that part was probably easy. Uh, yes, and I thought it was going to be more difficult, but it ended up being um, the, the, the less challenging part, yes. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your fashion, because you are the fashion it girl. I still have the Hollywood Reporter of you and your stylist on the cover in, in my house because it's one of my favorite issues they've done. Tell me about your process when it comes to fashion. I mean, you have to be dressed to the nines almost at all times. You're on press tours, you're doing interviews. How do you attack it? Is it a collaboration with your stylist? Oh my God, absolutely. I'm learning. I feel like I'm her child half of the time and I'm learning about new designers and I'm learning about new collections of designers that we love and admire. Um, I always I always think about my grandmother, my great-grandmother, who was seamstresses their whole lives and they worked in factories in New York since the 60s. Oh, wow. So I have a backstage approach to fashion, you know, which is, uh, it's, it's the respect and you honor the fact that it took someone a great amount of time mm. to put this together, you know, from the embroidery to this fabric to these buttons, and so it's not like a machine's made it, you know. It's people. It's, it's usually women that sit all together, and they're sewing, and they're, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 then you have the designer that's drawing. It's it's a work of art. It's no different than a painter, a director, an actor, and and. I admire it so much. I enjoy it a great deal. I don't feel pressured by it. So, um, so do you just I, try stuff you love, and then when yeah. you love it, you move on? Yes, I, and I don't. The same way I, I, I pick roles and I go after roles that I love and respect, I, I wear what I want to wear first. And then if people happen to like it, then slam dunk. Yeah. But if they don't, oh, well, I love it. So I, 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 that's who I am, and Petra's the same way. So we, we, we tend to really enjoy our fittings, and sometimes they take hours, you know, because mm -hmm. if I'm going on a world tour, I have, to, I have to pick so many outfits for different photo calls, for different premieres in different countries. It's, it's tiresome, you know, because you you, you're exhausted half of the time mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm acting, I'm doing interviews, I'm traveling, and then I have Petra for five hours and we have to fit clothes after clothes we after clothes. We do a five-hour fitting all at yes, once. Yes, yes. Oh but we make it fun. We bring our grandma, we open yeah. a bottle of champagne, we put music, we make jokes, we take a break, we drink coffee. It's, you know, I, I could see it as work and be completely in pain, but I can also see it as art and enjoy it, and that's that's what I what I do. I love it. Um, you're on the cover of InStyle magazine right now. You've graced the covers of so many magazines. You're on Allure as well. Yes. Is there a goal in mind? And I know our very dear Gary Mantouche is in the room, our publicist that we share. Mantouche. What are the goals, Gowie? <laughs> <laughs> How much do we have? Tell us. What tell are we us. working on here? Umpire. We got, we got, to, we, 
Five minutes? Six minutes? Seven yeah. minutes? Eight minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What um, What are the goals, magazine-wise? Um, what covers have you not done yet that you still want to do? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's. I think I want to do. Well, how do I say it without feeling like I? Obviously, it's everybody's desire to be on the cover of Vogue or Vanity Fair. I do believe that there is an imbalance there too, that there should be more diversity in their covers and I do understand that it's a business and subscribers and people so you have to numbers and numbers and numbers but at some point you have to kind of take a break from that and be a pioneer in trying to make a change. So I, I strongly encourage the leaders that are guiding these 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 uh, magazines, not only magazines, but films and music and art, people that are in positions that can make a difference, to really be a part of making a difference. Um, it would be nice to be on the cover of Vogue and Vanity Fair, but let me tell you, if it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to carry myself with pride and a lot of dignity, because that won't define what I do and who I am. And um, so that, that is how I feel. Hey, I'm sure you guys are going to make it there. Yes. I'm not worried. Um, I also want to talk about um, one last thing. Kaylian. Oh. Because I saw your short. Kaylian is the short film that you directed, obviously. And um, I loved it. I thought it was so beautiful. I, I kept thinking she must have used her friends from Avatar in here somehow. Like, I did, right? I did. A lot of my friends, my, a lot of my friends came out to support uh, the movie. I had my first AD from Avatar be the first AD on the set. Uh, my sister and I worked with an amazing prosthetic team that put together like the little alien that we helped design. Um, my best friend Frankie was the one that wrote the script for us and it was Mariel, Cicely and I that conceived the idea along with Frankie which was wonderful. Um, you know, I called actor friends, I came out and said absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's so many stars. Join. You had Malin and Bradley. Was yes. it hard to direct other stars? No, I think the first five minutes before I yelled the first action, which my sister and I held hands and did it together, <laughs> was a bit nerve-wracking. But then after that, I completely forgot. And I was just a part of this collaborative uh, process of trying to put the story together. And it was absolutely one of the best three days that I've spent on a set ever. Uh, to be able to direct with my sister and having my other sister there and be surrounded by so many people that are there to support you and that are true artists. And, um, and, and trying to tell a beautiful story relating to uh, such, a, such a, a very important topic for us, which is autism and bullying. Mm -hmm. You know, and and, um, and and it was a very beautiful experience, and, and we were very happy with how well received it was. And actually, it premiered at a film festival in Portugal, uh, like two months ago. And we heard that the reception was really, really beautiful, and it was massive. So we're very happy with that. That's so great. Do you think you'll direct more? Yes. You have the bug. Yes. I I just I want to I I love doing films and I want to explore other areas besides being in front of the camera absolutely nice well before you go <laughs> I have one last thing to ask you yes how do we say goodbye in Klingon I can't do it what I don't know what? I don't know it literally was three pages of dialogue <laughs> I memorized them and I was so nervous and I think that's why I memorized it so quickly I said them on the three days that we were shooting that scene and then JJ tells me all right say something to me in Klingon I was like what <laughs> <laughs> what about Navi um I can tell you you see me so what is it wait 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 Oh my god. It's pressure. It's pressure time. It is. It okay, is. Watch me. As soon as I leave, I'm going to go like, oh my god, I see you. I know. Nami. You know what? That happens to me even in Greek. Greek was my first language. And sometimes someone will ask me to say something. And on the spot, I can't think of it. And then when I walk away, I'm like, they're going to think I'm such a moron. How did I not remember this? But okay, so okay. you say goodbye in Greek. And okay. I'll say goodbye in Spanish. Okay. Kalinichta. <clears throat> Adios. Un beso. <laughs> I love it. You know, everyone has a story. I'm choking right yeah. now. I'm like, everybody has a story. Thank you. Gracias. Yeah. Mm. Mi amiga. 
Okay, <laughs> everyone has a story, and this is just part of Zoe Saldana's. Hopefully, we'll get to do this again, and I can ask you even more questions. Oh. To see more about my time today with Zoe, visit <laughs> conversationswithmaria.com, and you can see her film Star Trek Into Darkness. Hopefully, you'll all rush out to the theaters to see it. Thank you so much, and talk to you guys soon. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.